servercraft.com Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial This week, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon I'm Gav I'm Alex I'm Joel I'm Austin I'm Dave And just like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon We are a film by Ang Lee Oh, it's a bit of a stretch that one don't you think that, that's like the only tagline that has ever been associated to Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon really a, a, yeah a film by Ang Lee I'm sorry it didn't work that is probably the, the, the least the one that has worked the least out of all the times we've been doing this anyway just ignore me pretend I never said anything if you've never heard the show before basically we take a film and we put it on trial it's as simple as that however there'll be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans including a caption contest a quiz some terrible songs Biffy Xylophone a poor impression and a whole host of banter so please stick around just to say as well that if you've never seen crouching tiger hidden dragon this episode is going to be pretty spoilerific so you can fast forward to our quiz or just come back to it at a later date just before we move on the last film that we put on trial last week was donnie darko Austin, you were the judge last week and you decided that Donnie Darko should be placed on the hit list. Yes, you did. I did. I did now, that. <laughs> since last week, you've actually gone and uh, watched the film. So do you think that you made the right call and placed it on the right list? You know what? I genuinely do not know if I've put it on the right list. Or not. <laughs> I, I, really I do, Ozzy. I think... I don't know. I stand by my, my thing. There's a lot to talk about in that film. But oh, I yeah. don't know if it's because it's incredibly good or if it's because it's incredibly bad, uh, and both of you, well, certainly you, weren't able to convince me that I, it was incredibly well, I, bad. I, I, I honestly do not know. I, I could talk about it for hours, but not in a good way. Yeah, which but, makes me think that there's enough there to talk uh, about. So, I think uh, it's on the right list, but only just... Just about one, yeah. one toe in, on the hit list there. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes me happy anyway, just seeing how Miss Barks looks. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> anyway, so just moving on to a little bit of news. You look so hopeful when you're about to do it as well. I know, I know, hang on. I'm going to get it this time. What was that? (laughs) Go on. Um, I had the tiger. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Right, if you say so. I am so pumped after that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, and I, I, I literally just thought... Um, who's, the, who's the most calming rendition of I have a tiger? Yeah. Ever it's hard to play I the tiger with one hand on a xylophone. I've actually biffed up my xylophone holding hand at the moment as well. So Austin's taken a picture for posterity. Picture um, but So uh, it's actually more complicated for me to play this children's xylophone than ever before. I'm anyway, sorry. we're getting off topic here. This is where we all go around and talk about the most noteworthy topics of the week in our news. And I think, Alex, you wanted to discuss something that's just happened recently, didn't you? Yeah, something pretty exciting. Um, There's just been a lost screenplay by director Stanley Kubrick has just been found. It's called Burning Secret. He sort of did it in about 56 before he got very famous. Um, there was a bit, of, a bit of confusion about exactly why it wasn't made in the past. Some people think it's because um, it sort of clashed with, he was making Paths of Glory and it clashed with the contract with the studio. Other people, it's a bit of a strange premise to the film. It's basically a 30-year-old man befriends a 10-year-old boy to then seduce the 10-year-old boy's mother and uses the boy as a kind of a go-between. Mm. Yeah, look, look at where everyone's kind of like, you know, forward brows. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of an out there um, film to make. I, I, I think he could have made it. Uh, I mean, he, he went on to make Lolita, which is not exactly It's not exactly an easy film to make. Uh, but yeah, it's just an interesting thing. I'm, I don't think anyone's quite sure about if it's going to be made into a film yet. But obviously Kubrick lovers are desperate to see it and, uh, and, and see what was going to be made. I mean, I think you just can't leave it alone, haven't you? If you've got something that was what, essentially 90% complete from Stanley Kubrick and he didn't get the chance to direct it, then just leave it. Leave it as like that lost project, that what could have been. Leave it as the ultimate question. And what is going to happen now? They're going to pass it on to another filmmaker who's going to make it and... 
you know, it might end up being a bit like AI. When, yeah, exactly. So what was, yeah, everyone's, yeah. what was your opinion about AI? Just awful. Just awful. Not Nothing to do with... It didn't feel like a Stanley Kubrick film, like, even slightly. Exactly. So, I mean, so. Stanley Kubrick's films, are, a lot of it's about the direction that yeah. only he had. So the screenplay might be interesting, but I definitely wouldn't go and see it because it was a Stanley Kubrick screenplay. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and um, talking about something else is somebody else. <laughs> Thanks for that, Alex. Yeah, so uh, the first trailer for Bohemian Rhapsody has come out, which g- kind of gives everybody the first little peek, um, properly anyway, of, of Rami Malek as, uh, as Freddie. And it, it looks really great. From all the kind of responses that I've seen, people are already kind of gushing over it. And, like, when I watched it, I was kind of... Um, you know, a little bit taken back as to whether it was actually really Queen footage or actually, you know, Remy Malik playing playing it. Um, so yeah, I thought it looked. I thought thought it looked really good, and it's definitely one to to keep an eye on. Is that from the cinema trailers? Do we say yeah, that? just the the very first trailer um, yeah. came out the other day. Yeah, there was a good one before Skyscraper, wasn't there? That's quite a big. Uh, I think it's the same trailer everyone else has seen, but it's uh, yeah, it does it's hard to tell what's Queen footage and what's. Yeah, well, apparently it's all, it's all, it's all him. Yeah, it's all, all him. Right, well. What about the vocals? Because I know that in mm. biopics beforehand, or biopics, as Alex likes to call them, <laughs> biopics, uh, <laughs> biopics. Um, like, I, I don't, I don't know to be honest on on, on on that regard. But Alex has just called Gav a wanker. So. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I think it's a different impersonator doing the voice, from what I gather. Yeah, yeah. I'd it, be it surprised be, if Rami Malek could, could. I mean, looking like Freddie Mercury's one thing was quite distinctive. Looking fella, sounding like him mm, has got to be definitely. nigh impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I know though, like um, Raheem Phoenix and Jamie Fox, they've had like con- conflicting sort of um, critical responses to their impersonations. Oh, sure, they, as, yeah. as Johnny cash and ray charles um so i'm thinking well you know freddie mercury's got a very very distinctive voice it might be really hard to do but it'd be interesting to see anyway won't it mm-hmm. hard enough to pull off his persona and his character i think that's going to be quite a tricky it could be his r- role of his life actually it could really propel him remy Manning. i'm but, still thinking that the film's probably going to be shit though yeah especially with all the trouble in yeah, production yeah. and everything yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. the fact that the surviving members of queen have had a very very hands-on approach to it yeah, which yeah. is never good for a, a biopic yeah just as that pain is still there in alex's eyes we're going to move on to alex's favorite section of the week in Rock another news. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice film feels Okay, it seemed like an easy one to come up with this week. Uh, what's everyone's favourite martial arts film? Anyone got anyone got one that they... they... Uh, I really like martial arts films, as I will go into in the next section of the show, but one that I really, really enjoyed. It's not a, a kind of definite martial arts film, but Rush Hour, for me, I absolutely loved. But a pure martial, pure martial arts film uh, is a film called Ong Bak, Yes, it's, uh, a guy called Tony Jaa in that, and the kind of martial arts on display is just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought that was incredible. To be fair, uh, my favourite one is got to be the Raid. Yeah, I that's a very good one. Love the Raid, uh, directed by Gareth Evans, a Welsh bloke who decided that he wanted to go all the way to Malaysia to create an authentic Malaysian action film, and he did that, and it is incredible. The action pieces in that, are yeah, just me- very memorable. Yeah, I mean. so so memorable. I, and I, the thing is, is with that film, I could watch it and then watch it again right afterwards. Yeah. It's one of those films that I wouldn't get bored of. You, you sort of uh, rewind the action sequence, don't you? After yeah. you just watched it, just be like, oh, see that <laughs> oh bit, God, right? yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so so for the Raid for me all, all, all day i'd have to agree with you i think the raid was fantastic i'm definitely on board with that one cool. i've never seen it but i was gonna just go karate kid mate no, <laughs> no, it's a classic for a reason yeah <laughs> we only need to learn one move it's just that little yeah, kick at the end crane crane kick. Kick. <laughs> all you need yeah. as, so as buster rhyme showed us in halloween resurrection you know you can use it to <laughs> defeat <laughs> one of the greatest cinematic villains of all time so yeah <laughs> Anyway, right, well, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Um, Alex, what was, what was your one? Uh, well, I'd say Crouching Tiger and Dragon, to be honest, but, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, The Matrix, does that count? 
would you say? Mm, is it enough martial arts? There's a lot of martial arts in there, but... Uh, yeah, I was sort of debating yeah, well, whether I that was a martial arts yeah, film. Yeah, the Wachowskis were definitely inspired by a lot of martial arts films. Yeah. And, and there, yeah, there is, well, there is martial arts, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, there is. But, All right, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meals on Wheels with Jackie Chan as well, by the way. That's well, absolutely any amazing. any Jackie Chan film, I think. Yeah. yeah. Just that awesome. Jackie Chan, even, just even so if it's a terrible plot, it yeah. doesn't matter because the Jackie Chan sequence yeah, is just... Yeah, all of those yeah. action sequences are brilliant. It's just great choreography. Yeah, definitely. What a, what a man, what a man. You know what, we don't have any rock news this week, but I feel like we should have done some Jackie Chan news instead. I think we should start There is some Jackie Chan, Chan news. He is, uh, he's working with somebody, who is it? John Cena. Yeah, Wrestling related news back Wow, everything comes full circle. What's he doing with John Cena? Making a film, surprisingly. All right. Going out for a spot of lunch, I think. Uh, no, I don't know the specific details. I just saw a headline that he's, he, he is going to be work with him. Yeah. Well, thanks thanks a lot for that, Joel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just in case you didn't hear that, guys, Alex was calling Joel a wanker. I know, yeah. T- two more to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you very, very much for that, everyone. Uh, now moving on to the bulk of the show. This is Films on Trial, as I said. All of the films that we put on trial are taken out of the hat at random. And this week, it is the turn of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And similarly to all of the films, all of the roles are picked at random as well. So, in the role of prosecution and trying to get this film condemned to the shit list is going to be Joel in the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is going to be Alex in the role of character witnesses and basically lending their genuine opinion about the film sorry (laughs) angry dog outside um, (laughs) and lending their genuine opinion about the film are going to be Austin and Captain Dave which means I I've got the most important role this week as the judge and I will listen to the arguments put to me and decide which list this film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to me and not using my own opinion, which is good because I've never actually seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden mm. Dragon. So I'm very much looking forward to this one. Um, but before we go on any further, I think we should give the listeners a bit of an idea as to what this film is actually about and spin the wheel of impressions. Right, well, so there's going to be something a bit different uh, this time around. We thought we didn't really want to do an impression of um, Chow Yun-Fat or anybody else in the film. Definitely not. Um, I'm sure everyone knows why. (laughs) Uh, So what we've decided to do instead is, instead of reading the plot summary from IMDb out in an impression of one of the actors within the film, we're going to try instead to read out the plot synopsis in Mandarin. Um, so we've just when did we decide that <laughs> you, you hadn't arrived yet I'm sorry Austin so we actually uh, we, we, we've translated using Google Translate the, the synopsis into Mandarin and uh, unfortunately it's landed on Dave so uh, good luck there buddy um, so apologies to anybody any any Mandarin speakers out there but Dave yeah the, the, the verb endings are going to be all over the place on this this is Google Translate so if this makes any sense I'll be amazed you know, you know, I don't speak Mandarin and I've never been to China, but that was fantastic. That's <laughs> <laughs> incredibly uh, impressive, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it might have been completely nonsensical. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm sure it was. But, um, but uh, just to give you a quick one in English, a young Chinese warrior steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a world of romantic adventure with a mysterious man in the frontier of the nation. Mm. No, what would be interesting is if you retranslate the thing that you read out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean any of that I, I might have a look into that if I get bored yeah, what was that bit about The Rock being the greatest film star ever <laughs> anyway right okay so without further hesitation let's kick off proceedings here I think I'm going to start with I mean both the defence and the prosecution are looking very angry and enthused uh, I would say um, but I think I'm going to start with the defence so Lovely. please tell me why Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon is such a classic right shit <laughs> wow right i'm gonna start Dick with head. the fight scenes well, judge you're gonna, you're gonna wait yeah, in d- on d- this excuse me excuse me prosecution you'll have your you'll have your turn well, right. i remember joel actually was docking you points last time when he was judge for you know for i made behavior. my own rules just 
get on with your job. I'm, I'm gonna t- <laughs> I'm gonna talk points from both of you, Joel, for interrupting and Alex for being such a bitch about it. <laughs> fair, fair. It's so much uh, more civil when me and Joel do this, you know. Right. I'm going to start with the fight scenes. You know, this is, a, this is an incredibly good martial arts movie and the fight scenes are just fantastic. I like the way Ang Lee in this film doesn't... He's a bit of a poker player at the start. It's not that sort of... It's not your standard action film where we just crack straight into it. And it's almost... I think films you see these days, it's like in the first 10 minutes, if some building hasn't exploded and all the, all the different action hasn't happened, the it's like the directors are worried that people are going to leave the cinema what i like about um crouching tiger hidden dragon is it's it's got a very it's got quite a slow sedate pace but that doesn't mean the fight scenes aren't absolutely fantastic the cinematography is immense in this film it won an oscar for it and deservedly so the settings of the fight scenes are just beautiful the set design there's, there's never a hint of doubt in your mind that you are in medieval china uh, but I love the way Ang Lee just, he builds his action pieces. This isn't a film that has its action, basically, you know, some films we watch, I think Quantum of Solace is a bit like this, a lot of action films. Basically, the studio says, right, we're going to blow up a plane and the building's going to fall down and something's going to be set on fire. Make your story around that. Like, not at all with this. Ang Lee's got a really good story and the action is paced beautifully. You know, it, it reminds me of the, my favourite action films like The Matrix, uh, just really well paced and it and it's completely it sort of builds further up the movie uh, to explain that the first scene the first fight scene is absolutely amazing it's just breathtaking you have um shulin uh, and jen uh sort of pacing around each other warily pacing ready to have a you know a fist fight and you're sort of thinking right well you know where's this going to go and then about halfway through the scene both of them just sort of lift up and float into the air. And I remember watching this for the first time at the cinema and just being absolutely amazed by it. They just, it, you're just ready for a normal, just sort of a fight, you know, kung fu kicking. It just takes it to that level, next level and it's absolutely incredible. It's quite famous, actually, uh, the audiences all around the world, you know, and this is in art house cinemas, this is in just normal cinema, this is everywhere. Film festivals, Cannes festivals, the Toronto Film Festival, audiences were audibly gasping in that fight sequence when they sort of float up and, and that adds to it. That really, that really did catch audiences by surprise. You know, you have that amazing fight sequence, but it doesn't give too much. It introduces this idea of them floating as part of the fighting. But then, you know, next scene we have Lee Mubai comes into it, who's known as like one of the best fighters ever. And we start to see his skill and the contrast between the different fighters. So we're always learning. Every fight scene teaches us a little bit more as well as being thrillingly entertaining and well choreographed it introduces us to like just a little bit more of you know what the film's about so you have the the jade fox and the policeman the policeman's completely inept at uh, any sort of fighting and you see this huge difference between someone who can't fight at an ordinary joe and then you see lee mubai who's the world's greatest fighter ever and it's it's really interesting to see that um that difference it then moves on to um a younger gen who's testing her skills against when she when she's kid well when they chase through the desert and she's nearly kidnapped you see that fight and you see her progressing as a fight as a martial arts fighter you have a beautiful bit of horseback but it makes sense it's not just oh here's a bit of a hook with a horse because that's cool it makes sense completely within the plot you know and some of the moves are just so memorable is this bit you know I, I remember it. i've seen it about eight or nine times this film i just remember this bit where you know two three people come at her and she jumps up kicks two of them at once and then kicks the other at the same time and just you know you, you're waiting for those memorable moves all the time like some of the best action films you know you sort of know it coming it's like oh yeah that's the bit where she's going to do that kick or that kick it's just that well choreographed uh, it then moves on to a little bit more of a comedy fight scene. I'm not saying all the fight scenes, I'm more just doing the, the big ones, but the more comedy f- restaurant fight scene against the more sort of comedy characters. It's a nice little bit of an understated humour which the film needed, basically. It keeps the tone, but it gives a little bit of respite. And, you you know, you see all of these different, uh, you know, Flying Crane and Angry Tiger and all of these different names. And it just it gives a little bit of comedy, but it also is just such a good, well-done f- uh, fight sequence. And it all builds up to this which I think is the final fight, even though there's one after it. This amazing, and I just think it's one of the best fight, fight sequences I've seen in any film. Between Jen and uh, Shu Lin, it's just awesome. You see all these weapons being used. You know, you've got the Green Destiny sword, but you see the spear, you see the machetes, you see all these different weapons being used against uh, the Green Destiny. It makes sense in the plot that she would use those weapons, and it's also super cool that she's using all those weapons at the same time. It makes sense and is amazing. So it's amazingly co- choreographed. 
Uh, but as a set piece, if you put all of those fight scenes together, they build and build and build. And it's around it's around the plot as well as the action. So I, I just think the fight scenes in this are incredible. Thank you very much for that, Alex. Joel, I won't give you a recap because you're sat right next to Alex there. Hopefully you were listening. Uh, now, can you please tell me why you disagree with Alex whilst trying to be very civil about it? I certainly can. So as I mentioned in Alex's uh, film, feels I like martial arts films and I, I like to watch a lot of uh, the Asian ones as well, like the kind of level of skill and finesse and all-around fitness required to to do a lot of it is just absolutely mind-blowing. And uh, a term that we use a lot when we uh, kind of prosecute films is style over substance. And this isn't even that. If I was writing it, I would probably put attempted in brackets before style. Like the style is that bad. It was directed by Anjali and kind of marketed as a pure action flick. And to me, that's just an absolute joke. So Alex kind of went, uh, you know, balls deep on the uh, on the on the fighting and the action sequences. You have a way with words, man. <laughs> um, and all, uh, literally, all of the fighting and stunts are done via wire work. And basically, what it means is that they stick a wire to a guy's belt and pull him up in the air, and it's to kind of make them look a lot cooler than they actually really are. And like I said, all these guys that are on display and, and girls are very kind of supremely talented martial artists. And there is some of that on display. A lot of talent is on display, but a lot of it is wasted in what is over the top choreography. And the saddest kind of thing is, like I said, it just overshadows the, the obvious talent there. Uh, some examples of how wire work can be good, you know, you have to look no further than the Matrix. Here it's absolutely terrible. All the characters in the film can levitate for absolutely no reason whatsoever. The truth is that the film was based on an ancient legend in which the characters have supernatural powers. If you actually Google what Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon means, um, the animals, tiger and um, dragon, are kind of related to to supernatural powers. Uh, But you don't have any way of knowing it in the film, and nor should you really be expected to. The characters dance through the air, they jump over rooftops, they dance on top of trees... And they are meant to be ancient warriors. They're not meant to be superheroes. And some of these scenes would look out of place even in a Marvel movie. They are that ridiculous. But put it aside for one moment and just pretend that all this stuff is actually normal and it's meant to be that way. Um, Well, it's shit because it looks like crap anyway. Um, the moves look exactly. I said civil, remember? <laughs> the moves look exactly what it is like a guy wearing a wire belt. It's like theatre from the old days when you see like Peter Pan swoop down from the rafters. The only difference here is that you can't see the wire. For me, it's an almost comedic in effect. Uh, when you read the plot or the synopsis, I was expecting some kind of real sophistication and a sense of realism. And of course, all that is just completely let go when people start flying through the air. The plot is confusing and muddled. Uh, it contains a 20-minute long flashback sequence, and by the end of it, you forget what it was you were even watching and what the consequences of that sequence even are. But by then, all the cliches start to unfold. You know, you killed my brother, dad, brother, whatever. You stole my sword, whatever the hell it was. Um, there are also all these side stories, which don't really seem to have any great amount to do with the actual overall plot. It's just overly convoluted and overly complicated. In the end, they do tie it all together, but it's very, very obvious in, in the way that they do it. And you kind of sat there thinking, well, what was the point in the past kind of hour that I've kind of been watching? Uh, there's long periods of lifeless drama, lazily delivered lines, some really sloppy editing, and it's all sandwiched in between flying about with swords and daggers. The film is just too accepted and papered over because apparently it's a masterpiece. And it's it was meant to be something new when it came out but a quick look into old asian cinema and old martial artist films and you will see that it's not anything new all this has already all been done before it was just new to western cinema and the film was lauded when it came out and critics absolutely loved it five star review after five star review but so was the last jedi and we know how shit that is (laughs) but when you read user reviews similar opinions to my own start to come out once all the stupid story padding has played out, it's painfully predictable. Uh, the stunts are comedic and annoying, and it disconnects you from the story, and the whole film just ends up dragging with a capital D. <laughs> the capital D. Dragging. D. Dragging. <laughs> I love how, as well, like, you know, his name's Angley, but we said that at the beginning, and you still called him Ange. <laughs> yeah, it's, just like hey, it's like from Manchester. <laughs> all right, Ange. All right, Ange. <laughs> Crouching, dragging, dragging. <laughs> 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 
Right, okay, Alex, I'm going to give you a very, very quick um, oh, a chance you. to rebut because I could see you going red no. like a big bright tomato. <laughs> it is hot in here. Uh, the only thing I'll say is, you know, Joel was saying that, you know, the wire work and it doesn't make any sense for them jumping around in the stunts. This is part of a wuja genre. So it's actually this, and Joel's right, actually, I agree with what he was saying. Yeah, it has been brought to Western audiences. So this is a, a big genre in um, Asia of mystical fighters that have superhuman powers, basically. And it's quite common, actually, for what Joel was talking about to happen. So actually, for an Asian audience, seeing people sort of floating and stuff wouldn't have been that surprising. What Ang Lee's done is he's sort of, you know, cause he's in the perfect position. He loved the Wuja genre growing up. He loved the comics, loved the stories, but he also learned about filmmaking in the West. So he sort of brought that over and he's done it very beautifully because the Western audiences really got it and they understood it. Actually, this is kind of a negative, so I shouldn't say it, but Asian audiences actually found it a bit more lukewarm because they were like, well, we know what the wuja genre is. What's, you know, just get, you know, why is it so simple? But that's what he's done. He's made it simple. He's made it clear. And yeah, maybe the the wire work, maybe people don't like it, but an awful lot of people did, you know, and, and the cinematography got an Oscar. It was it's a beautiful film. So not to make you even more angry, but what you were talking about there, it reminded me a little bit of Tarantino. Don't talk about <laughs> I cannot talk about the Hateful Eight anymore. No, 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 I'm not talking about the Hateful Eight, but it reminded me of, of Kill Bill, but with this time round, being from Ang Lee, who was brought up with that cinema, I suppose Tarantino was as well, but he's saying it's that sort of thing where he's bringing something that is, has been around for decades, people know it, people love it, but maybe it hasn't had a massive exposure in Western yeah, but cinemas. I'd, I'd say it's different because Ang Lee grew up with the Wuja genre and that was part of his culture and then he went Tarantino to the West. Tarantino probably did it better to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, yeah, okay, right. Go, go so that's, that's another argument for another it show. Is, okay, is. moving on to the character witnesses. Okay, so, I mean, Alex said that the fight scenes were absolutely beautiful. It was slow paced but they were so intense and beautifully shot and well choreographed and filmed and the floating scenes were absolutely incredible. Uh, Joel contradicts all of that. He says it was actually poorly executed. It was paper thin. There was giant plot holes over, overly complicated and convoluted plot and all of the wire work just looked fake and it's it's you know it's not original essentially so uh, very very uh, uh, you know co- contrasting opinions there austin which one do you side with here i'm uh, sort of on the fence i agree quite a bit with what joel said and quite a bit with what alex said but you know obviously differing parts so i thought the fight scenes overall were great i thought the martial arts was was brilliant so i really enjoyed that but i didn't like the wire work I didn't get it at all, and I thought it was a bit. So, it was a bit odd. so why didn't you like the wire work? It was because it, it wasn't explained. It was just out of the out of the well, blue. Yeah, suddenly people can just just float, and 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 I think it's the, it it felt it was meant to be there. You know, it's not like it doesn't seem like an afterthought. They've done it wrong, or they've made a mistake with it. It's clearly a, a device it's supposed that's to, meant be, to there, be there. Yeah. No, nobody in, in the films like, oh my god, what's this guy no, doing? It's no, not you know, at it's, all. It's, it's not, and it's there's, there's bits where you know they're sort of running while they're floating, so it's clearly meant to happen. It's, yeah. Otherwise, it'd be a very you know very poor mistake. But I just didn't get it. You know, it's not for me. That that I'm not into that genre. Were well, you not Whereas, able to suspend your disbelief? Yeah, oh, totally. No, I thought it's beautifully shot. So the shots where they're doing that is is fine. You can forgive it. But did that not make do, up for they, it they, though? The way it was filmed. Yeah, a little bit. But it just it detracted a little bit from the fight scenes because the on the ground and normal martial arts. Was, poor in comparison. Absolute, well, no, they were amazing in comparison. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the floatingy bits and like the scene toward the end when they're on the bamboo tree oh, you don't like that no not really no i did i just thought because there was too much wire work there but you know that that's clearly a taker style that's just not not for me but um but the, the on the ground fighting i thought was absolutely brilliant okay and i didn't think the story was too convoluted really it was a bit slow but austin i'm gonna have to stop you yeah shut up <laughs> I just I'm, find on my own. I'm sticking to I'm sticking to uh, the, the clock here. Dave, right? Austin has said that he found it. Uh, you know, the, the groundwork fight scenes were actually better than the um, than the ones using wires. And he said that it, that was actually you know he couldn't suspend his disbelief. Found it far fetched. But what, what do you think? Um, I actually agree with Ozzy on a lot of his points. Though he took the words right out of my mouth when it came to the martial arts sequences. The film in general is shot beautifully. It looks great. It really does look good. Dave, the martial arts... Go on, Joel. Uh, just remember what Alex did to some of your favourite films. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> hey, order, order, order. I'm leaving that at the door right now. Please. Alex. Petty, petty bullshit. Like, the thing is, he's backing you up as well, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm 
leaving that at the door. Um, yeah, I think it, it looked great. It really did. The martial arts sequences, like Austin said, the ones that are like stayed on the ground level look fantastic. They're clearly well choreographed. The, the, the wire work did look a bit basic. It's like, although you couldn't quite see the wires, you almost imagine you could. You know how it was done. And there was no spectacle to it. It wasn't like they, they were going over buildings. It's just like they'd go halfway up a wall of a building and then back down. There was no real gasp and spectacle to it it could it could have been so much more i think so i understand what alex was saying about people back uh in, in china being a bit underwhelmed by it all i get it if they've been yeah. spoiled by I, I, it's easy to see how it could have been done that little bit better they could have that more professionally device, couldn't they really could yeah they could have done properly, yeah, but right. i could suspend my disbelief as far as the story goes and the fantasy element i'm fine with that i thought the story was was pretty good to be honest with you. it's basic a little bit sluggish but alex admits that um but overall a pretty good story i'd say okay so thank you very much both uh, essentially your opinions meant nothing there because you're both on the fence um but thank you anyway <laughs> don't, don't get this in a real court <laughs> I, know. I think i feel like the judge sows the most discord <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking thank just, you thank you very much no, no, no thank you very much honestly that was really useful uh, okay um now we're gonna go along for our second points here joel it's your turn now it's the prosecution you get the first points what would you like to talk about um, well, I'm going to talk about the acting and the characters, and I'm going to keep it reasonably brief because there's some good and there, there is some bad. And some of the lines in the delivery, like I mentioned in my first point, are absolutely lifeless. I feel like these people are obviously great martial artists and they're great, you know, they've got a massive talent there, but that doesn't automatically make them great actors and actresses. Um, and I think that kind of gave them a little bit of a free ride into into some of this film. But for the most part, it's hard to actually get into the characters when the film is that fucking stupid that you end up disliking most of them. And that that is how it felt for me. Like, I, I ended up resenting the characters uh, because I'd see them running up the wall or running in midair when they're suspended by a wire. And when I saw that, it just completely turned me off a lot of the characters. And because of all the in- interlinking kind of plot lines and that type of thing, you'll constantly be asking yourself, who is this character again? What is their motivation? Why are they fighting? Um, and who am I actually meant to root for? It was actually pretty hard to distinguish which side was good and which side was bad by the end of it. And because of that, for me, as I've said several times during these episodes, when you don't care about the characters and you're not invested in the story, the film just absolutely disconnects you. And because of that, like I said, it just drags and it's a, you know, not a good thing. Okay, well, could you tell me a little bit about the two main characters in it, though? Um, so. Not really, to be honest with you, mate, because when I watched it, like I said, it, I just felt an overall kind of feeling of, of, of anger because they would be talking um, and then the next the next kind of second they'd be flying through the air for almost no reason. And the kind of plot is around this sword and this, this romance kind of bolted onto it and it's, it's almost like, is it an action film or is it a romance and a drama film? Because it, it tries to be both and it doesn't exactly really pull it off and I don't think the characters kind of resemble either side of the um, kind of genre either. I think some of them are either action stars and some of them are drama stars, but a lot of them can't intertwine the two of them. And I think that's kind of a big uh, kind of downfall of this film. Okay, right. Thank you very much. Alex, how would you like to argue that? Uh, I'd say a lot of critics disagree and, you know, the Oscars, I know that's not, you know, that we're, we're here to judge it ourselves, but a lot of people disagree with, with what Joel's just said. I think the actors are absolutely fantastic. I think they're really good. I think they understand the roles perfectly. And as well as being good at martial arts, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think you can be good at martial arts and a good actor. You know, not everyone, but these are the, you know, the cream of a crop. I thought Michelle Yeoh, is that how you pronounce her name? Michelle Yeoh. I've got nothing better. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. So Michelle Yeoh is, I just think, a revelation in this film. I think for me, from what all of, I've not seen loads of her films she's in, but I think this is her best role I've seen her in. I think she's absolutely brilliant. I think she brings sort of a quiet, just a very quiet dignity to the the role, which I think is absolutely amazing. I I also think probably someone who's not said has got a fantastic role is uh, Cheng Pei Pei, who plays Jade Fox in it. I think she's amazing. And, you know, Joel's saying that this, it's convoluted and you don't know who to root for, the good or the bad. I think that's the film. You know, this is Ang Lee who 
did Sense and Sensibility, The Ice Storm, some incredibly good films that are talking about repressed feelings. And what he's done is he's taken that same theme of repressed feelings, but he's also done, he's done a beautiful film and he's done a really fun movie at the same time. He's brought both of those things together. I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon can be, was, was and is enjoyed by lots of different people. I think the art house people loved it for the cinematography. I think people who just like martial arts films liked it for the really good martial arts as well as the wire work, which I think is outstanding. I think it's really interesting and unique. I really, you know, there's not many films that use it. Um, another thing that though, that I really like about this and another film that the, the, the film is another thing that the film is lauded for is uh, for its role of women in the film. And I just want to talk about that a little bit because we do talk a lot on this podcast sometimes about when, women aren't done so well in films and i think it's i think it's just as important to say when things do when things are done well this film is set in uh, the patriarchal confucian times of china when it was you know very very repressed times for women and you know joel was saying are these characters good and are these characters bad well actually there's a little bit more nuance in it than that which i always like in my films uh, wudan is where Li Bai comes from that's the mountain he's from that's where his master's from um, and it's the symbol of order against the Jiang Hu uh, underworld, which is chaos. But actually, it does bring around its own downfall. Jade Fox is the main antagonist in this film. But the only reason she's there is because she wasn't allowed as a woman to train at the Wudan Mountain and become a, a, a true fighter. So it's, it's almost like this patriarchal society has created its own monster. And the way it's played, just to go back to Cheng Pei Pei, the Jade, who plays Jade Fox, she's she does it absolutely amazing. It's this insecurity and this rage throughout, which comes about clearly through just her treatment at patriarchal society, who's not allowing her to reach her full potential. She's not allowed to do it because she's a woman. She says, you know, your master, she kills Li Mubai's master. And she says, I killed him because he, I was okay to sleep with, but he wouldn't teach me anything. And it's just that moment where you go, okay, yeah, maybe, you know, you're a villain, but actually this is a bit more complicated than I thought. Maybe there's more to this than I thought. You know, Xu, uh, uh, Xu Lin, played by Michelle Yeoh, has a life of unhappiness due to duty. And she has fantastic conversations with Jen about the role of women in the society and the, the differences between them. Jen is at a crossroads, crossroads in her life. Her incredible skill and power uh, allows her to choose. But actually, because she's set in Confucian times with the, with the repressed role of women, it's actually very difficult and it makes all the choices really, really hard. I also... And Gav, can you get a drum roll ready for this? Because this, this is a big one. Right. This film... Passes the Bechdel test. Oh no, sorry, I don't know if it's a drum roll or an applause. <laughs> <laughs> Probably applause, sorry. <laughs> Jump the gun. <laughs> but it does, it actually passes the Bechdel test. It's got fantastic. Jen and Jade Fox discuss uh, the role of women in the society as, as she does with Shu Lin. It's, it's a really good, I think especially martial arts films, and especially if you look in the Wuja genre, um, women were often seen as playing second fiddle if they were strong they were often fighting against another a woman as a sort of a subplot or they were sort of seen as temptresses or they were seen as you know a bit deceitful this is a film where really the main characters are the women yet Lee Mubai is a it, 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 he doesn't have as big a role the main tension I think comes through Shu Lin and Jen and that's where we see this final fight sequence the lovely, I would say, Ozzy doesn't like it, but I'd say that lovely bamboo sequence is really nice because sure. actually it's not a <laughs> showdown between Lee Mubai, the man, and Jen, the woman. It actually leads up to Jen and uh, Shu Lin having the fight in the, um, in the Wudan headquarters. Uh, I won't go on for too much longer. Another thing that's really lovely is that Jade Fox, the Cheng Pei Pei character at the end, actually her motivation isn't to kill Lee Mubai. It's almost like his quarrel with her is sort of second fiddle. She's interested in Jen and she's hurt by her. So I, th I think it's absolutely... I just think the role of women in this film is so well done. And I think this sensitivity to the story is so sensitive and it's slow paced. But this is down to the nuance in relationships that only Ang Lee could bring to it. But he also brings that incredible fight sequences done by... Uh, I've forgotten his name now, but he's the same guy who choreographed um, The Matrix... And I think this is really was an important stepping stone for women in martial arts films, evidenced by the fact that there were more Wuja films done after this, like Hero and House of Flying Daggers, which, which had... I'm not saying it was a perfect example, and I'm sure you could criticise it for things, but it was an important stepping stone, I think, in cinema. 
Okay, thank you very much for that, Alex. Um, right, okay, so once again, very, very contrasting views there. Alex said that this film, you know, it's not a case of being good or bad characters, but it's quite nuanced, it was hard to define. Uh, there's a great sort of um, role of women in society. He said that it's all about sort of um, women are sometimes seen as sub-characters, but they're the driving force here. It passes the Bechdel test as well. Joel, however, says that, you know, it's there's not much character development, there's no motives, there's no motivation. I mean, who are they? There's too much of a mix of uh, serious actors and comedic actors and it just doesn't work well uh, dave i mean what, what you love your actors you probably know every single actor who's ever graced a film ever um imdb uh, can you please tell us your opinion on these characters um i've got to say i think the characters are actually quite well written um i, I see where alex is coming from i would say the the best written characters are the female characters and i think also therefore that the performances that i think michelle yo is the the standout performer from this piece but uh, alex is actually right i think um who, who's who plays jade fox again it's uh, cheng pei pei cheng pei pei i am an actor i'm not familiar with i have yeah, to say it yeah. but um uh yeah she was fantastic i think uh zhang ji uh who also appeared in rush hour yeah two i think i think she went on to do yes. after the, after she got catapulted and house of flying daggers and house of flying daggers and other, other many films actually she was was very good in this as well i think chow yun fat was going through the motions a little i i think i mean alex may disagree um I, but you know it's still not a bad performance um i'm not sold on the bechdel test but then you guys know i i see it as quite mm. a flawed process anyway i don't really hold it accountable for much um but yeah i think i'm i'm edging towards alex on this one i think he's right i think characters are well done and i think the majority of the performances are well done as well okay thank you very much dave austin agree or disagree I'm a little bit on the fence again, actually. So for the most part, I, I thought... Um, so I'm well up on uh, Cheng Pei Pei. I thought it was actually really good because she was like a quite a loathsome character, you know, throughout. And then as you learn a little bit more, you you know, you I think it's quite a well-written character and she did a really good job um, conveying that. So that's, you know, props to her and to, to her Ang Lee for, for that bit. So I totally, totally on board with that. But then I sort of felt that maybe it wasn't quite as progressive you know I, I sent a little message to you guys the second i'd watched it and um you know like sort of jokey morals of the story but i kind of you know i've had a little skim back through it again and i do kind of think it was that you know the the sort of big thing was that no matter how good the women were in the film you know bold martial arts master was still going to be better than them but throughout he's always he's still there you know in that scene where he's in the bamboo shoot it's kind of like, you know, he's, he is going through the motions throughout sort of because he's at a higher level, you know, I'm on a higher plane. I'm, I'm at one but but didn't Alex just say that the, the, this guy is like the grandmaster? Well, he is, yeah, he yeah. is, you know, he's the, best, he, he's the best in the entire world, regardless of gender. Yeah, yeah. And Cheng Pei Pei or Jade Fox, you said the character was forbidden yeah. from actually learning. So she might not be up to that level because if she hasn't been taught by the master, Alex, I can see itchy trigger fingers here. What's, I, I, you know, I, I thought when you said that I did go away and thought about it for hours, Aussie. <laughs> I really did. I was thinking about it, but I think it wouldn't make sense because it sort of then would, the, the idea that it's in Confucian times and patriarchal, you know, I think if you had a woman grandmaster, it would be like, no, you, you completely, uh, skimming over you basically just papering over a lot of repression of women i, I think that's what the film is is going yeah, for because didn't there. you mention that essentially the film is about the repression of women so if it was to be a female grandmaster it wouldn't make sense then, yeah you know the message wouldn't have come across yeah that, that no yeah I, I mean i don't disagree with that at all i think and i and back on that point of characters i think that overall that you know the, the main characters certainly were well written and, and and portrayed well some of the um some of the many sort of side characters, though, like Joel said, were not. Um, maybe they didn't need as much time, you know. So they didn't mind too much, but they weren't as well uh, rounded as you might have thought. You know, people who could have been big characters, you had to just sort of fill in the pieces. Could have been yourself. fleshed out a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, no rebutton, no more uh, points. Well, actually, yeah, I'm going to give you one final uh, minute to do a closing statement so anything else that you want to add any final nails in the coffin please say so now joel your minute to get your final point across starts now this has to be one of the most overrated and disappointing films of all time if not the most 
I just want to read out a quote. Overall, I'd say the critics should be ashamed. I think the problem is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a Chinese fairy tale that somebody has decided to package together as a serious action romance flick, except they forgot to clue the audience in and instead end up trying to convince us that it's some sort of period piece. However, even that would have been forgivable had Ang Lee even managed to provide us with some decent action. Instead, we got Kung Fu Peter Pan. Right. <laughs> I love how you say, I'd like to read out a quote, and then uh, I always assume that you're going to say who the quote's from. Like, it's going to be like, oh, wow, that, that was from Ang Lee, was it? That, that, that was from cinemablend.com. Oh, right. Sometimes okay. Joel quotes himself. It's <laughs> yeah. like they make a quote from the big the guy. <laughs> the big G. Okay, Alex, right, your minute starts now it's not kung fu peter pan simply because this isn't a kung fu film kung fu is more set in modern days martial arts and it's revenge this is wuja ang lee brought wuja genre to the west he did it in an extremely he did it in a fantastic way that allowed a lots of the elements of wuja which were very popular in asia to then come over to here we then could access it and that made spawned a lot more films that were very popular as well it's beautifully shot the cinematography is amazing the flashback sequence is lovely because it just gives us another beautiful vista for ang lee to to show us it's just a beautifully shot film i like the slow pace i think people some people have issue with it i really enjoy it i think it also the fight sequences are sparse but i think that makes them more effective and I just think the role of women in it was is astounding and is g- genuinely has pushed the role of women in martial arts films on. I think you thought that you were running out, out of time. time. <laughs> you like, push the... Rules. I was going to say another sentence and I was like, no, I'll just stop it. <laughs> no, okay. Thank you very much, guys. Lots to think about there. While I am thinking about that, I think it's time for a quick um, promo Uh, from our good friends over at Dare Daniel Podcast. He's the critic. He's the comic. And that's the gimmick. It's the Dare Daniel Podcast, where film critic Daniel Barnes and comedian Cork McDonald do your dirty work by watching the worst movies imaginable. Know of a movie so bad you have to share it? A film with a bad rap you've always been curious about? An underrated bit of cinema you'd love to hear discussed? Or are you a great big fat person? Whatever the case, we happily accept your most sadistic or altruistic dares. Every Tuesday, we release a full-length episode of Cinematic Stunt Work. And every Thursday, an action-packed mini-episode featuring previews, general movie discussion, and your movie dares, plus beer. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, our website, daredanier.com, and anywhere fine podcasts are burnished and proffered. And make sure to check out our sister pod, Serious Talk Seriously and Graphic Novel Explorers Club for more quality Sacramento podcasts. Thank you very much for that, guys. Uh, still need some time to think about all of the things that you guys have said, so I think it's time for a little quiz. And this week's quiz has been written up by our good friend, Captain Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello. So would you like to clue up the guys as to what your quiz is all about? Yep, certainly can do. Thought I'd try something different here. It's only the third quiz I've done. Uh, I've had my higher or lower sort of S quiz. I've had my true or false sort of quiz. This one is just straight general knowledge, but I am doing something a little bit different. I've noticed that, you know, you ask a question to one person, it goes around the room and everyone answers the same bloody thing. So each of you are getting your own three questions. You get it wrong or you don't know the answer. Someone can steal that point from you, but at least this way we will have a definite winner. So the genre. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So I want everyone, pick a number between one and four. Gav, starting with you. Four. Four. Alex. Three. Joel. One. 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 I wanted one. Oh, you got two, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted four. I'll give you a one in a minute, mate. <laughs> okay, so let's take it away. ask you for a capital D. Let's start with Joel. You got number one. Uh, this is a, a little quiz I like to call uh, Crouching Dragon, Hidden Tiger, because I spent so much time thinking of the questions, I did not have time to think of a funny name. I like it. But it's essentially, it's uh, questions all about tigers or dragons in cinema. That is all. That is all. Okay. So if you're thinking of a film and it doesn't involve a tiger or a dragon, then think again, okay? Joel. Which much-missed British legend of stage and screen narrated Disney's The Tigger Movie? Jesus. <laughs> Man. It's, it's not going to be easy, guys. <laughs> Can we have a clue? Uh, well, like I said much-missed, so he's passed on now. Is it any person who may have died? <laughs> <laughs> it's only a small bowel to pick from. I don't even think I can hazard a guess, to be honest. No. Is it the guy from Harry Potter? 
Richard Harris? You know what? I'll no, give you no. that. He was in Harry Potter no. at one point, but... Probably at one point. I'm, I'm going to push for an answer, guys. No, Anyone want to steal? Sorry. No one going to steal? No. It was the late, great John Hurt. That is oh. zero for all. John Austin. Hurt. Austin, you're <laughs> okay. up next. We got <laughs> Sean Connery lent his voice to a dragon in 1996's Dragonheart. What's the dragon's name? Ooh. I, well, I Shenmue. It is not Shenmue. Anyone? Anyone want to steal? Is it Alex. Dragon. <laughs> you know what? Gav, you're close. It's Draco. But oh, I'm not, oh, I'm not oh, I didn't know that. Alex, Benedict best. Cumberbatch, George Sanders, and Idris Elba. What links these three actors? George Sanders. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I want to oh, steal. They were in Star Trek? I want to steal. No, there's no tigers or dragons in Star Trek. Is there might be. I've got, <laughs> I've got, got it. I've got it. Oh, yeah. no, I'm going to. I was, yeah, I was, yeah, no, I was yeah. no, you go for it. Oh, I, mine was just a joke. I was just going to guess tiger. It was either a tiger or a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> they've, all, they've all voiced tigers or dragons. Oh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch dra- voiced dragons. the one in The Hobbit. Um, Idris Elba voiced one in Jungle Book. Guys, uh, I need I need more specifics than that. So it's a more specific answer. Anyone? No. Bullshit. Closing seconds. They've all voiced Shere Khan. Oh, oh that, that's this, what I literally the, just said you, the Jungle Book. Gav, you've got to remember this yeah, is a Dave right. quiz. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, not- this is tough, okay? This <laughs> is gonna be George Sanders <laughs> in the animated original, Idris Elba in the live-action remake, and Benedict Cumberbatch will be voicing Shere Khan but in did, Mowgli. Did anyone else know who George Sanders was, or was that just... I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's got that, that baritone that's new. That's what friends are. <laughs> he was in um, the, the, the uh, original Pink Panther film, wasn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah. Gav... <laughs> what? what? I, I feel like I should have at least half a point for that. But go on. Mark. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give Gav half a point. Well, just because he's laughing. Uh, just because he's moaning. I said. I'm going to start moaning. A jungle book. A cheating bastard. Okay, Gav. How many mutant donkey dragon hybrid babies does the donkey have oh, in the Shrek movies? One. Yeah. Fuck you, Gav. <laughs> just quiet. That shut him up. Five. <laughs> Anyone else want to steal? He's wrong. Six. Alex is right, it is. <laughs> Counted every well one of done. them. <laughs> Alex Steals. Joel, Candle on the Water, sung by Helen Reddy, was an Oscar-nominated song from which 1977 Disney classic? What's, this, what's the song called? Candle on the Water. 1977. Yep, Disney classic. Helen Reddy was also in the film. I don't think he's going to get it. I'm going to throw it open to steal for the sake of time. Sword and Stone? It's not Sword and Stone. Robin Hood? It's not Robin Hood. Anyone? Sorry, guys. It's Pete's Dragon. Mm. No chance. Clues no in the chance. name. Yep. No. Austin. Yes. Yeah. Burning bright sees Brianna Evergan terrorized inside her own home by a tiger. Which rock star cameos as the man who sells the tiger to an unsuspecting Garrett Dillahunt? Oh. Uh, <laughs> is he one of your favorites? Maybe. Mm. Is I... it Alice Cooper? It's not Alice Cooper. I'm going to throw it open. Alice Cooper. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot like you, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Anyone? Rock stars? Acting rock stars at that? Meatloaf. Eh. I'm going to give it back to Austin. It is Meatloaf. Yeah, oh, well, it... Alex, in DreamWorks, How to Train Your Dragon, Toothless the Dragon is missing part of his tail. What colour is the prosthetic fin he gets equipped with? Oh, shit. I have seen this film. Um, brown. I'm going to throw it open. Purple. No. Blue. Red. No. Who said red? red? Joel said red. Yeah, there we go. Fuck you, Brucey. He, he, he was literally just listing colours. Yeah. Well, he got there in the end. Gav. Talking about brown. Go on. In the Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter comes face to face with a dragon. What breed of dragon is it? I know it. Oh, I know it. 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 Give it to me. Muggle. No. no. I said it first. No, I can say it. Okay. Who'd you like more? Who'd you like more? Okay. A red bag. Joel, what is it? Uh, a Hungarian... Oh. Yeah? Bruce, yeah. it's got to go to Bruce. Bruce, Bruce it's Hungarian Bruce. Horntail. It is a Hungarian yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Well you said Ridgeback first, so I was going to ignore that, but then it's... It, uh, not, not quite there, not quite there. So close. Got a Horntail right now. Joel. <laughs> <laughs> you looked right at me. <laughs> Joel, what is the name of the character referred to as the Luck Dragon in The NeverEnding Story? What's his actual name? John. Uh, no, it's not John. Oh, fuck. It isn't. That's not his name. That's not my answer. Um, <laughs> Being a Lonely Island fan, I thought you might get this one, Joel. Is it? A, it's not Treyu, is it? No, that's the kid. Yeah, and the, the other kid. one. And he is, he's, his uh, name is? You might have to in a box. Come on, Joel. 
Fuck, I can't. I'll <laughs> tell you what, you have a muse on it because it's tormenting you. Austin, I'm going to ask you your question okay, in the meantime. Which American comic actor voiced Jacob the Tiger in Eddie Murphy's remake of Dr. Doolittle? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyone? Bill Murray? It's not Bill Murray. Anyone? Oh, oh um, um, Cedric the Entertainer. It's no. not Cedric the Entertainer. Jack, Jack Lemon. It's not Jack Lemon. Oh, okay. Benny Mac. It's not Bernie. You know what? It's Albert Brooks. I'm oh, gonna. I'm gonna leave thank, that one. Thank God. You're Alex. going down a path there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I knew. I knew that Bernie Mac was in it, and I sure. said Cedric the Entertainer by him. Yeah. Alex in Ang Lee's Life of Pi, the protagonist finds himself stranded on a lifeboat with a tiger. Name any of the other two of the three animals that he is initially marooned with. I actually read this book. Uh, a tortoise? No. Uh-huh. In the film. In the film. In Maybe a, there's a tortoise in the novel, but just in the film. No, three. I don't think there is. Um, a, ra- a rat. It's not a rat. I want two of the three. A rabbit. You know, at this point, I'll take one of the three. <laughs> no, I um, a goose. It's not a goose. Is cat. It a, it's not a cat. Okay, guys, just name animals until someone gets a hen. one. hen. No. A horse. Bear in mind it was a zoo. Okay, a they duck. were transporting a zoo, a weren't snake. they? So think a bit more exotic. A zebra. A rhinoceros. A zebra. I'm going to give it to Gav. Yeah! Zebra, bitch! I'll let you have one. It was a zebra. You could have had orangutan or hyena. Joel, have you thought of your answer yet? Um, I've been thinking about it, and I think it's f- f- future. It's not. Fuck you. Really? Is it even close? That it's not. It, it begins with an F. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> it's just your first answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I've fuck. got I've, anyone. Anyone? Please name put him out of his misery. Put him out of his misery. It's, it's Falcor. Ah, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Final question, Gav. Yes. Let's see, if, let's see if you get this one. Disney first made a live-action remake of The Jungle Book in 1994. Along with Mowgli's father, uh, at the start of the film, the, one of the film's villains, Lieutenant Wilkins, falls victim to Shere Khan. Which British character actor played Lieutenant Wilkins? Oh, because, yeah, you know, I mean, shut up, Dave, you're a knob. <laughs> Wow! wow. Uh, Docker point, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, like that, nobody. I'm, I know it, but I don't know it. Gav at all. gets very angry when he anyone, can't get a quiz. He takes his quiz very seriously. And bring this quiz to a close. No idea. Sorry, uh, uh, British, Jason British character actor in the nineties. Um, Guy Ritchie movies. Vinny Jones. It's not Vinny Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Bricktop. No, Bricktop? Yeah, the, the, guy the, the old guy who plays no, Bricktop. No, it's not him. Oh, I'm just going to say it's Jason Fleming. Oh. And the scores are in joint oh. last, I'm going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> With one point each, Gav, Ozzy, Joel, Alex, you got two points, which makes you the winner. And he cheated. Okay, um, so thank you very much for that, Dave. Honestly, that was good. I'm sorry to call you a knob at the end there, but I'm, I'm trying to... Um, it's how, it's no, how you I, know Gav's enjoying a quiz. I, I made them deliberately difficult questions, yeah, you know. Just saying what we're all thinking. That was so, di- that was so difficult, that was, that was so difficult. Definitely I took some inspiration from Merv, our good friend at the Fact Film Quiz in Liverpool. Yeah. Okay, so I have been thinking about it, to be honest. And I think it, it was... Um, get more difficult than I, I was actually anticipating it was going to be. To be fair, um, I, I must say that like Joel made some really good points at the beginning, um, and I don't think that Brucey backed up some of the ones that Joel said about the the script being paper thin and plot holes and it being too com- convoluted or complicated. But then again, I don't really think Joel had an answer for any of uh, Brucey's points that he talked about the characters, especially when you spoke about the role of women in society. And I thought that actually sounded really interesting the fact that uh, jade fox's character was uh, forbidden from becoming a grandmaster and then she goes away and you know conspires and becomes the antagonist of the piece um i, I think that uh, i was a bit torn with what you were saying about the the actual fight scenes uh, alex said that there was quite a good blend of comedy and serious ones um, and the, it didn't take itself too seriously in some aspects and with some of them it didn't have to over explain what was going on for example all the wire work joel says that that actual wire work takes you out of the film itself. Um, and, and, you know, that, that got me thinking... I mean, would that detract from me from watching it? If I was watching it, would I be like, oh, hang on, this has just got a whole hell of a lot, you know, sillier, especially if there's no sort of backstory to, you know, the, these powers and wh- why these guys are doing this. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to place it on the hit list. Hooray! 
So to be honest, it was what Alex was saying about this, you know, it appeals to so many different types of people. You know, there's the art house fans that liked it for the style in which it was shot. The martial arts fans liked it for what it was. And Alex, I think summed it up perfectly before when he said something along the lines of, you know, this isn't the greatest example of this martial arts style in, in a film. It's not the greatest martial arts film ever, but it, what it is is a good stepping stone. And what it, it felt like is Angley had brought this genre of martial arts that had been maybe overlooked especially in western cinema to a western audience and you know we could all appreciate that film for what it was and hopefully that will be an influence to other films and other filmmakers using that same style of uh, martial arts so yeah for that I, I decided to put it on the hit list so well done alex um so just to get some genuine opinions i think alex did, were you as passionate about it as as, as you as your defense uh, led you to believe i meant every word of what i said yeah i, I think it's a great film glad it's on the hit list that's great um, and Joel, I mean, do, did you think it was as, as poor as you were making out? Um, yeah, you can probably tell when I'm a little bit more passionate. And I think, yeah. Wait, were may, you a little bit more passionate? It may have brought it to Western cinema, but if you think about it, it hasn't been done again since. And that's because. Yeah, but was that a critical success? Not really. Right. Um, and that's because it's fucking shit, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I would honestly say it's the most overrated film that I've seen, like, full stop. Like, really? Cr- More than Tree of Life? Yeah, all the reviews and stuff on it are almost, like, uh, critic reviews are almost, like, perfect, you know, five out of five, and nobody seems to comment on a lot of the bullshit that's in the film. And that's I what I mean about papering over it. Yeah. Just because it's like this brand new film, everyone's like, oh, it's amazing and all this. And they just fail to acknowledge any of the other shit that happens in the film. Wow. You have very strong feelings. Yeah, it's a shit film. Right, well, I'm so so sorry. So sorry, Joel. Um, Okay, right, well, uh, we've got the genuine opinions of the character witnesses there. Uh, Well, you know, I will have to Look forward to seeing what you say. I actually, I'm really looking forward to watching it now to see if, you know, now I know exactly how you both felt um, to see if if I think that I've made the right judgment. But all will be revealed on next week's show. Before we call this one to a close, I think it's time for a little capturing contest so essentially i've taken a snippet of the film and i've put it on twitter and i've asked all of our friends and followers to provide a caption and the funniest one as judged by these guys here will win a frog shaped chocolate treat <laughs> so this the the, uh, the still that i've taken this week is of uh, two characters i don't know who they are and um, basically it's a beautiful landscape and one of the characters is looking through a telescope into the distance so simple as that and the twitter face has responded with number one why is a panda fighting a snow leopard using kung fu <laughs> <laughs> i was going to put that as my film fails actually <laughs> number two i can see a long way with this uh, number yeah. three man dude your mom is so hot naked woman silent treatment <laughs> okay Does that even uh, make sense? <laughs> uh, the next one i spy with my little eye something beginning with f dot 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 and then hashtag freddo <laughs> hey. uh, next one are the hills alive with the sound of music oh hey it's the von traps <laughs> the next one nope not invaders just a guy yodeling about cough drops <laughs> uh, the next one I hope you wash this after last night oh, 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 oh really oh, 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 sorry uh, should have vetted these uh, the next one what are those cowboys doing and then brackets get it because Angley also directed Brokeback <laughs> I like the explanation to be honest um, and the last one okay one last Last time, these are small, but the ones out there are far away. <laughs> okay, so who does that go to, guys? That's a tough one. Uh, I spy, I think, because of the sheer cheekiness. What, I spy Freddo. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy obviously wants a Freddo, doesn't he? So. <laughs> yeah, let's give him a Freddo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are we happy with all the cough drops one? I quite like the cough. Drops I, I quite like the cough drops one, but I think majority rules. Okay, well, I think I think I'm going to give them both. To be honest, uh, so congratulations to uh, Craig Harris and to Fucking Craig Harris has got every Freddo. 
And, but, like, but, but, <laughs> to be honest, when you were saying that, I quite like the cheekiness of asking for a photo. You brought that on yourself, mate. You brought that on yourself. I think he knows me too well already. He follows me on Instagram as well. Follow, I'm constantly liking all of his uh, photos. Oh, yeah, I can, I can get an easy yeah. Fredo out of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to buy another Fredo again. And, uh, and congratulations to Besotted Geek as well. You guys have yeah. just won yourselves some Fredos. Uh, so talking to uh, one of our fr- friends on Twitter, to the great IMDB Journey podcast about Joel's recent remark about uh, white chocolate Freddo. <laughs> so Joel was quite angry uh, last week or the other week when he mentioned that uh, people in Australia had the joys of white chocolate Freddos and he thought that it was something that was only restricted to us, uh, especially white chocolate as well. We'd never heard of it. So uh, they sent me a picture of a white chocolate Freddo saying that they've been enjoying them quite recently and uh, it's caused a bit of a Freddo war. So uh, the question out there to everyone is... Uh, a, have you ever heard of a Freddo? A B, <laughs> if so, what type of Freddos does your country have? <laughs> I, I, I've never thought so much about Freddos since, since we started doing this. <laughs> Before like this Alan. podcast, I honestly thought they'd been discontinued. I haven't <laughs> seen them in pieces. I, honestly, but how, how much have they, they uh, been uh, being advertised recently? And there's loads yeah, of different yeah, yeah. types now. I think that's solely... Yeah, yeah, they've got Freddo biscuits, Freddo faces. Really? The, yeah, yeah. Is it okay. you, are, are you saying that maybe we've... I'm saying that we're the sole <laughs> reason. Yeah. I'm the Freddo since the yeah. upturn in podcast downloads and more the Freddo. So yeah. we should contact yeah. Cadbury's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think my Costco multi-buy <laughs> may have contributed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much, everybody, uh, uh, for all your opinions. Uh, very, very good. And um, very good quiz as well, Dave. Uh, just to say that, uh, just like the, uh, this week's film, next week's film has been picked out of the hat at random once again. And it is the turn of The Greatest Showman. So the Hugh Jackman starring musical, uh, which is uh, just actually surpassed records hasn't it and become like the longest um lp in the in the on the top oh, of the charts so yeah so well, it, 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 for a soundtrack anyway is the defense gonna sing their yeah. argument <laughs> i was thinking about it and then i thought that that would condemn me okay so we have um what about the, it's all gonna be musical what? Only singer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, tune in next week for a musical version in which we're going to sing it like Les Mis. There's going to be no smoking words, okay? I was going to say, like, Buffy episode. <laughs> uh, right, okay, so we have picked the roles at random as well, and as Dave alluded to there, he is going to be in the role of the defense, trying to get this list uh, film placed on the hit list. Uh, in the role of prosecution, it's going to be me. I'm going to try and get this list placed. Oh, I'm going to do something to it anyway. Stay tuned. And uh, character witnesses are going to be Bruce and Joel uh, which means that the judge is going to be your good self Austin yes so looking forward to that one and uh, just before we draw things to a close just wanted to say thank you very very much to everybody who's listened to this episode and to all of our past episodes you can catch our future episodes on our website filmsontrial.co.uk or any podcast platform why not check us out on Twitter at Film Trials suggest a film for us and we will put it in the hat and hopefully get it on trial eventually Uh, also while you're on Twitter check out our friends and collaborators Winston Sang and Austin Ray at the underscore quirks and at Aussie Ray that's our graphic designer and music producer respectively and also check us out on all the other types of social media including Instagram YouTube and the other one that I've forgotten um, Facebook where Dave has been doing a great job recently, I might add as well. Yeah, with uh, with so if you liked Dave's quiz today, tune into our Facebook page because uh, Dave's been putting a couple of quizzes out uh, via that as well. So uh, to keep your eyes peeled. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody. We will be in your ears next week with a special musical version of <laughs> The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>